Hello, my name's Dr. J. Simon Rofe from CISD here at SOAS. Uh, I'm joined today by Rosa Bickerton from the British Council of Wales and Gavin Price, a consultant. So I wonder if you tell us a little bit about your project and how you see some of the implications of studying sport diplomacy in the Welsh context for perhaps the broader sportscape. Uh, so Wales is a, is a nation with a large sporting footprint uh, and we're looking at how we can use sports diplomacy as a vessel for um, increasing Wales's international engagement. Um, this comes at an interesting time for Wales. We're going into the Rugby World Cup as one of the, well we were the world's number one team but we lost that I think about a week ago. Um, and we're, uh, Wales is in the middle of uh, doing its first draft international strategy so it's a really good time to uh, look at the opportunities that sports affords and how Wales can capture them. Thanks, Rosa. So the project itself, what is it? We're, we're looking to do a major audit and review of the nature, capacity and potential of Welsh sports diplomacy and the soft power of Welsh sport. The output will be a, a practical uh, report um, based on our research with, with recommendations focusing on max, maximising the opportunities and benefits for Wales for the soft power of sport. As part of this, we hope to um, establish a shared understanding of sports diplomacy in a Welsh context and encourage networks around it, identify the relevance of sports diplomacy from multiple Welsh perspectives. So we're looking at the city, regional and, and national level. So if you think of Cardiff, it's hosted a number of major sporting events, UEFA Champions League finals, Rugby World Cup finals, Ashes cricket tests and so on. In addition, as Rosa mentioned, um, we have a, uh, a newly incepted or recent, recently incepted um, Welsh Minister for International Relations and the Welsh Language and the International Strategy. So we're hoping this work feeds into that programme of work so, so that um, that part of the Welsh Government can, can build on Wales' international profile through sports diplomacy. Okay. So many people will be familiar with Wales's rugby traditions with um, the Paralympian Tani Gray-Thompson and her record achievements as a female uh, Paralympic uh, athlete and the Welsh football team at various points uh, and you know other examples, so Geraint Thomas winning the Tour de France in 2018. Is there something about that you'd like to comment on the particular sort of Welsh character that comes through in that regard and particularly some, perhaps some of the identity that, you know, it magnifies, exemplifies, brings to the fore the Welsh identity in sport. Sure, I'm, I'm happy to take that that one, Simon. Um, I think that um, Wales like to see itself as quite an egalitarian society. Um, and um, I think some of our key sports people within that espouse those values. So if you think of somebody... Um, like, like Geraint, um, one of the first things he did was talk about his journey about he just wanted to get on a bike as a kid. You know, he sees a lot of joy in encouraging kids just to get out and have a ride and, and just have a bit of fun with sports. So it's about that kind of social inclusion and, 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 and working together and building bridges in society. Also, if you think about one of our big icons, uh, you mentioned, uh, I think, Gareth Bale. You know, one of the key moments from Wales' successful Euro 2016 campaign, I mean, Gareth was asked, where does he get his motivation from? He simply answered, from the dragon on my chest. So um, that that's a really strong value. It resonates strongly with people. We're in it together. Um, you might be familiar with the Football Association of Wales campaign around that, um, together stronger, and we'd like to see that for all sports within Wales and then amplify that as, as, a, as a message that we're an open and inclusive society and hopefully that attracts people to our nation. 
I think perhaps you know those sort of headline grabbing events. You know, national Welsh jersey, um, uh, Gareth Bale, um, Geraint Thomas. They have particular sort of national and international profile. It's perhaps something about the more regional or local level um, of sport in Wales and what that says and how that can contribute actually to that outward looking um, profile. Yeah, well, it's going to jump in here. So, you know, it's particularly with rugby, Wales has a really, really strong grassroots tradition. Um, and I think going back to your previous question about kind of Welsh identity, um, that kind of egalitarianism and kind of classlessness almost feeds into that. You know, so rugby in Wales is it's played across the whole of society, you know, which differentiates it from some of the other major nations that play, particularly England. <laughs> so um, I think very much Welsh sporting heroes kind of feel quite strongly about that, that they feel that they represent the whole country. Does that mean the, the you know, obviously, you know, Wales is a, you know, a tight-knit community in many regards, but there are also differentiations between East and West, North and South. Are there particular um, functions of that that, you know, influence the way that, you know, a newly formulated Welsh political landscape, or recently, you know, in the last 20 years of devolution, can have a broader effect? I, I think I think it's it's really really interesting, and um, let let's not you know delve too deeply into the sort of political t- backdrop of the UK, but I do think um, Welsh sport as a prism for um, amplifying a, a, a message, as I said earlier, is an inclusive, welcoming nation, um, a nation that's striving forward in the in the world. It's spent arguably the last 20 years of devolution looking more inwardly as it needed to develop its infrastructure and governance. And now it's looking more more outwardly. Um, it does help that we've been probably punching above our weight in sport. You mentioned um, Geraint's Tour de France um, um, success. Um, you talk about iconic football players that, that are around Europe. So you've got people like Aaron Ramsey at Juventus. You've got Gareth Bale at, at, at Real Madrid. Um, I mean, the, the, these people um, have a positive profile. They, they certainly don't have controversial backgrounds. And another example might be Alan Wynne-Jones, uh, captain of the Welsh rugby team. He's, he's a true, true leader. People resonate with that. He, he espouses all the good things we see about Wales, about togetherness, um, friendship, well-being, you know, passion for your background, passion for the shirt, and just going into the to bat for all the good things about Wales. In that sense, is there, uh, you know, I know you've travelled broadly yourself, Gavin, is there something about the, you know, perhaps pace of a, a sub-state entity national nation like Wales that we can look to on a more global plane and thinking about other regional um, sporting identities, Catalonia in Spain, um, you know, many of the uh, states in you know North and South America make up that. You know, the United States or Canada, for example, each have their own you know very close region, regional identities. Are there ways in which though the, the sort of um, spectrum of those different identities comes to pass, and actually to other smaller nations, perhaps those making up the West Indies? you know, the collective noun that has been applied in the cricketing context, but countries like Jamaica, um, St. Kitts, Antigua, all have very strong heritages in their own right. Sure. I mean, that, that's a really interesting question that we could we could talk about for hours on end. Um, I think Wales has a competitive advantage, um, along with, with, with Scotland and, and Northern Ireland, in that it is Generally, it competes as its own entity on the international scene. So we have a, a Welsh national football team, rugby team and many other sports. 
obviously there's the complexity that sometimes we compete on the British level, British Lions, Olympics Games. Um, uh, we have the England and Wales Cricket Board. But generally that, that allows us a, a, a sort of um, a unique selling point if you compare ourselves to people like um, Quebec or Hokkaido or Catalonia. Um, Catalonia, obviously, you know, it, it sees itself um, or it marks itself strongly through its sporting heritage, Barcelona Football Club and the wider Barcelona Sporting Club um, being a great selling point. But it's not on a, on a national level unless indeed Catalonia um, does achieve independence. But that's another long conversation that we could have um, with many different views. So I think um, by virtue of our history, uh, it, it allows us to market ourselves on, on, on the international scene. Um, the international events like the Rugby World Cup or uh, international uh, football fixtures for European qualifying, they are events where we can bring together key people, um, dignitaries, administrators, people from governments who might want to talk about Wales in terms of tourism, trade, um, education and, 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 and other positive things and help market them. It, it's, it's a portal for conversation and dialogue. Does that mean that there's another way of looking at this in terms of the perhaps the superstructures too? So obviously Wales forms part of the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom currently forms part of the European Union. Wales has a different identity within the European Union than it does within the Commonwealth, for example. So is there a way of thinking about some of the sort of broader themes of sport diplomacy as they come through across these different venues, platforms, you know, sporting pitches, to use the analogy? I mean, I think sports diplomacy can be used in multiple different ways and, and it can be used when Wales plays as a nation team or when Wales plays as part of Team GP. There isn't just one single way of, of doing it. And kind of going back to your point about other small nations, you know, Wales is a very small nation and the benefit of that means it's very easy to convene people and it's fairly easy to get stuff done in a way that you can't in Westminster on a GB level. Um, so... With this research, we're hoping that by highlighting sports diplomacy and the methods of doing it, that we can kind of do an almost pilot programme here in Wales that other countries can learn from as well. And we've already, I mean, Gavin, you've seen interest, haven't you, from lots of other small countries in this area. So hopefully we're creating new international connections and, um, you know, creating new discourses. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's, that's a great point. I mean, I was recently in Croatia um, um, talking to some people who were involved at in sports diplomacy on a European Union level and it was hosted by the Croatians and, and they were certainly really interested in Wales and, and they there's some parallels between the two countries. I mean they're they're another small nation with a with a with a considerable sporting footprint, most notably through through football and, and you know they have one of the the you know the greatest players in recent times in their team, Luka Modric and a number of other wonderful players within their, their team. Um, they happened to play in, in, in red and white and that, that didn't go unnoticed. But, you know, it's really interesting that, that Croatia has, has u- certainly used football in particular, but other sports to project itself on the world stage, that it's a, it's a, it's a credible player, um, you know, and by virtue of doing that, it's attracted people there um, um, who, who may be more interested in sport. Maybe they've gone there for their, their wonderful tourism and their beautiful coastline and these other things. So, um Hopefully Wales can do that. I mean, if you think of Wales, it has some unique selling points. There's five national packs in the UK. Wales has three of them. We're the only country in the world that has an unbroken coastal path around around the whole of our coast. So these are really unique selling points. And we're hoping to, to use sport as a platform to market these things, to attract people to our country. Okay. 
Is there perhaps you know some of the experiences you've had? I know you've spoken to lots of different people in your consultation. Is there perhaps a you know one or two kernels that you've you've been really surprised by in your findings that you'd care to share? I, th- I think um, one of the most interesting things that's come to light, and in some ways it didn't surprise me, is the the leverage and clout Wales already has on the on the world sport in stage. So. When I think of peak sporting bodies like your UEFA's, FIFA's, the International Olympic Committee, there are Welsh people engaging directly in these forums at quite a senior level. So um, Professor Laura McAllister is is um, on some of the senior committees at, at UEFA. Um, we've got a, um, a Welsh woman uh, just moving into the International Netball Federation presidency. So for Wales, that's, that's, that's a really big thing because it, it, it helps legitimise ourselves on the world stage. Obviously, they're going to bat for their, for their sports, but, but they're also going to bat for Wales. They're, they're Welsh people in senior roles, um, in, in multilateral environments projecting you know Welsh talent onto the world through sport I think I think that's a really fantastic thing so that's that's number one the second thing is that I mentioned earlier um, some of the sort of boutique and niche things around Welsh sport there are a number of events that Wales hosts that bring that do bring a lot of visitors and some people may have a wry smile about them but we have things like the annual man versus horse marathon we have things like the world bog snorkeling championships we, we we're also pioneering in, in multiple events like co-steering we have a beautiful topography whereby you know we're a p- natural playground for hiking for orienteering for mountain biking um it's so you know those two things have have really resonated um as, as two things that we really should build on and use to market ourselves well is there anything that you've been struck by in your work in this well, just just to pick up on on Gav's point there about um, about us looking at the more kind of niche events rather than just the kind of big starry things, I think that's really important to recognise. And actually, the kind of wider cultural offer from Wales um, reflects that as well. You know, Wales has expertise in stuff like arts and health and community engagement. You know, these aren't the kind of big starry, Tate Modern. <laughs> of the arts world. And I think uh, we need to reflect that as well in this sports diplomacy strategy, um, that maybe we can carve out a bit of a niche for ourselves and create business to business and people to people relationships based on those two. Sure, I think I think that's a really important point, Rosa. I mean, there are certainly some synergies that you and I have discussed. And I was thinking about the Homeless World Cup recently in Cardiff. And there were, you know, uh, a number of um, music and arts events connected to that. They're also attractive people that may not necessarily be there for for sporting reasons. They, they were interested in the wider package of events. So, for example, we had James Dean Bradfield of the Manic Street Preachers singing at the event. Um, there were a number of seminars, debating or, or manner of events. So I think... Um, there's a lot of this stuff going on in Wales, but um, if we can if we can do it in in an it's already done in a joined up way, but but if we can pull pull the pull the different strands together and do it in a more strategic way moving forward with a bit more resources, I think that there's a lot more value that we can garner from it. Is there anything on the particular on the on the sort of sporting heritage that we should be looking out for? Um, perhaps you know some some talent for the future. Uh, you know your your future sporting uh, ambassadors on behalf of uh, Wales. Um, there 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 are, there are many of them. I mean, one of them that always brings a s- smile to me is young um, Anna Hersey, the uh, table tennis celebrity from the Commonwealth Games. I think 
she was around, I, I may have this wrong, but 13 or 14 years old, competing at the top level for Wales. Also, she's reflective of a modern multicultural Wales. She has um, some family roots from, from China and obviously with table tennis being a huge game in that part of the world, um, we'd hope that um, Anna can go into to, to bat for, for us when she's a bit, bit older, um, if you pardon the pun, and um, um, help market Wales to China and, and, and open a few doors there. So that, that that's just one example. But I think... Um, uh, these people aren't, aren't necessarily. I mean, they're, they're still young people, but but uh, I think um, in spaces leadership in in, in women's sport or, or championing things like LGBTI, we've got some major players there. If you think of um, Gareth Thomas, his story coming out um, as a gay man in rugby is is is, is um, has been written about um, in, in the media, and and um, he he's definitely an icon in Wales. And his recent documentary about homophobia homophobia versus football is a really interesting space. We've got other champions in that space, like Jess Fislock, um, Nigel Owens, uh, the iconic uh, rugby referee. So, I think you know um, Wales is a, is an interesting space, and we we've got all these different strands. As I said, if we can pull them together, we can really be leaders and champions in social inclusion through sport. Okay. Well, thank you very much, both of you, Rosa and Gavin. Pleasure to have joined. Thank you. My thank pleasure. You. Thank you.